It's me, Danny, here to drop a gem, motivate, and shift the energy in your day. So listen and enjoy, but remember, you don't have to take anything I say as fact. After all, I'm just saying. All right, so today we are at the mid-season finale of Ayala Fix My Life, where uh, we where Ayala is meeting with Diamond Reynolds. Diamond Reynolds, if you are familiar, is the woman who was in the car with Philando Castile, who was murdered by a police officer. And she um, put the video on you on Facebook Live right after the police officer had shot her. She started filming. And um, so... She was also in the car with her four-year-old daughter. She was his fiance, not his wife. And um, they had been together for 10 years. Well, that's not true. They had been friends for 10 years, but they were only together for four. But that's dope because black love is out here in these streets, people. And um, so um, Diamond was there talking to Ayala, and she's telling him, telling Ayala that she... And Philando woke up early that morning and followed their regular morning routine. Um, in telling Ayala about their morning routine, Diamond included that he grabbed the gun from the lockbox that he keeps it in at home. And um, Ayala asked her, why does he, Philando, need a gun? And Diamond told her up front, you know, that he, we live in a, high crime neighborhood and a lot of you know shaky going ons go on around our neighborhood and he so he felt the need to not only protect himself but to have protection for his family which would have been diamond and her four-year-old daughter so um they got you know they did their whole day they were coming back from the day after going to the grocery store and this is where they show a clip of the incident now they started way back from the initial part from the police cam where the officer tells dispatch that he's going to stop the car because he believes that the passengers look like robbery suspects but when he gets to um, philando's car he's telling philando he stopped him because his taillight was out so for me this officer was already trying to set up his story in case something happened uh by saying that they look like robbery suspects when he could have just told dispatch that this, they had the taillight out and he was going to stop them because and let them know about the taillight but that narrative doesn't help with letting people uh, letting dispatch know, oh, like he, these people were being suspicious. And next thing you know, we're, we end up where we were, right? So, um, poor Miss Diamond. She's just, her emotions were so, like, they were just down. The levels were so low. She was crying. She said she's still been counting the days since he died. Now, it has been from the time when they were recording, it was 468 days. Can you imagine living 468 days, counting the days um, after you watched your fiance being murdered? Like, I, there's, I can't even. Like, there's just no words for that. And then she said that it's still hard for her now to get past the the, the situation because you keep on seeing people murdered on the news. Now... 
I don't even want to go into it right now, but there's way too many black men on the news being murdered by police officers and everybody's getting off. And I can't imagine having had somebody I love sit in the car with me and then I have to turn, I, I have to sit in this car watching a police officer who was stopping us for a taillight uh, busted, uh, uh, busted or I don't know what you call it, a busted tail light, um, stopping us for that and then turning into he died in my lap, basically. Because, you know, like when you're in the car, there's not a lot of space in that thing. So, you know, if somebody has to slump over even a little bit, they're in they're pretty much in your lap. So. She was just saying, like, it's very, very hard because when you plan on living your life with somebody and then that's cut short, not even through an illness, but just um, a murder. I've never had anybody in my life close to me being murdered. I cannot imagine how horrific that could be, but I can't empathize with the fact that if you thought that you were going to spend your life with somebody and that thing was cut short, it's hard to move past that thing. And because it happened in such a traumatic way for her, I can imagine that it's very, very hard for her to um, look past all of that. Um, what she was saying was that this traffic stop, he said that he wanted, um, you know, license and registration because their taillight was out. And so Philando went to the glove compartment to get paperwork. There was no shaky business going on. And then Philando went, um, the little console thing that, you know, where you keep all your papers in between your seats. He went in there looking for paperwork. He didn't find it in there. So he was going for his wallet next. He wasn't doing anything that had that officer making any loud noises before that when he was reaching for both of those two things. So, you know, he's saying before I go into my wallet where I would need to get the rest of my paperwork at, let me let you know. And that's when we get to the scene that everybody has seen. If you haven't seen it by now, I don't know where you've been, but that's where you get to the scene where Philando tells him that he has a license to carry and that he has the firearm on him. The police officer says, well, don't reach for it. And before Philando could get the full sentence of I'm not reaching for it, um, the officer just shoots in the car. I'm, it, it, it is at least 10 shots. It It's a horrific scene, guys. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it, prepare yourself. Um, but then to add injury to insult, I think that's the saying. Uh, after this, they handcuff Miss Diamond and her and uh, put her in the back of a police car with her four-year-old daughter who just witnessed the murder, a four-year-old child, people. Come on now. In the car, in the back of the car, and because Diamond has been through such a, such a traumatic situation, she's screaming and yelling, and the four-year-old is telling her, calm down because I don't want you to get shot. And then her next statement as a four-year-old child says, I wish this town was safer. The most traumatic thing she saw in her life thus far in a neighbor in a in a neighborhood that even Diamond admits living in a neighborhood that even Diamond admits is a is a um high crime area. 
the worst thing she saw was the police murder somebody in her face. Can you can you explain how? What we doing? Where? I don't even know. So Ayana asked Miss Diamond why did she turn on her, you know, phone and start recording? Why didn't you duck down? Why didn't you try to jump out the car when the police officer was shooting? And she was saying the person, the officer was uh, yelling for her to not move. And so she just, why would you move? If, if he's, if he's going to shoot him, he probably ain't got no reason to shoot me either. And I know there's some of y'all out there right now who like, if I was in a car and they was trying to shoot, they were shooting, I would have jumped out that thing. You don't know what you would have done. You do not know what you would have done. And so she said she got up on Facebook Live because she knew that there, there was such a danger for her life now as well. And she wanted somebody to know that they were there, that, that I'm at this traffic stop. This thing, this situation has just happened and I could be next. So somebody out there has to be watching right now. And I'm just going to tell whoever's watching that this is what's going on in case anything further should happen there would be some kind of record of at least me saying some last words or something and I think that although there are people who in the beginning when it first came out wanted to criticize her for jumping on Facebook live it was the best thing she could do for herself for her daughter for Philando for Philando's mom just because that officer set that up anyway, that he would have definitely been able to say, I was just scared for my life, which is like, you know, police officer talk, apparently. Maybe there's a handbook for it or something. I don't know, but I ain't going to get into it. I'm just saying. Um, Ayala starts to tell uh, Diamond that you know, these things that you've seen and the traumatic experience that you are living, you don't have to live it every day. That the police officer who did this to Philando, he owns these actions, not you. And it it is a point now where you get to move past the trauma, that you get to take your power back. That there is a point when you are allowed to take your power back over traumatic situations that have happened in your life. So she's asked. She then asked Diamond if she if she's ready. Are you ready at a point where you want to do that? And Diamond's telling her she does. That she, you know, she she would like to be able to get to. Um, a higher level in her emotions because right now she real low with it. So Ayala brings in um, Trayvon Martin's mom, um, Sabrina. And guys, it's been a whole five years since the Trayvon Martin um, incident occurred. And I sometimes feel like it was a long time ago, which is sad because there's so many uh, black males who have been murdered since the Trayvon Martin incident um, that it seems like it was a long time ago because of that. But five years really is not that long of a time ago. Um, so Trayvon Martin's mother says that um, 
she still ha she still had um deals with the trauma of losing her son but that she handles it better than she did which of course time would definitely allow for especially when you're trying to do the work to find some healing um she said that she definitely went through hell for a long time because nobody understands i can't imagine i have two boys of my own and i can't imagine um knowing that they went out to do one thing and then they never come home that doesn't even honestly i can't even imagine it all of this this whole situation all of these men and boys who are continually murdered because of racial discrimination and prejudice and racism i can't imagine and i don't I don't accept any of the uh, reasonings, but again, I'm just saying. So let me let me just keep on going. Um, Sabrina was saying that somebody has to say something. Somebody has to speak up for what is going on in the world. She said that um, that we as a people have to stop turning a blind eye to all of these situations and that police need um, training to understand that the people that they are coming and encountering in the streets are still people. They're humans. It doesn't matter. You're not supposed to only be kind to the color in which you represent. Like you're supposed to be kind to all people. And yes, there are people out there who are doing some bad things. That is true. But she was saying police officers have got to now learn that they don't get to decide that the people that they encounter are so guilty that death is their... Um, verdict before they're even tried for things that don't even if they went to court wouldn't even get them much jail time honestly like a lot of these guys are dying and police officers are getting off for murdering people who have done very 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 petty crime um if there is a crime at all because Fernando Castile he there was no crime it was a traffic stop a busted out taillight. That's a ticket at best. So, you know, again, let me let me just keep on going. So Sabrina was saying that she just feels like, you know, the country is so desensitized by all these deaths because there's so many being televised. And I'm not saying that there's a problem with it being televised. I'm just saying that because there are so many, it's hard for people to uh, get a chance to grasp one to, to to latch on to and to attack. Because as soon as we start getting outraged by one and starting to figure out what maybe we can do as a people to handle it, here come another one. Sabrina said that all she can do is take it one day at a time. And then Ayana says, well, you know, you're doing good because I think Miss Diamond is only taking it day by day. Sometimes she might even be taking it hour by hour. Again, Miss Sabrina has been dealing with this and trying to heal from this for five years where uh, Diamond has only been dealing with this for a little over a year. So, you know, of course, Diamond would be in a different place. She also said, which I didn't think about until watching this, was that Diamond didn't get a lot of support 
um, from, you know, like the community and especially the um, city because she was just, I'm saying it like this now, I mean it. So let me give you, let me give you my finger quotes. Imagine them right here. She was just his girlfriend, which means that, you know, they definitely the city would go out go towards Philando's mother because he didn't have a wife so the next person would be his mother and so yes they reached out to her but nobody was reaching out to Diamond and that was a problem so uh Ayana asked Sabrina can she speak to Diamond to just like offer her some words because Ayana's like I could do a whole bunch of talking but you are in you are in the place where she needs to get to. So can you speak to her? And Sabrina agreed to do so. So Sabrina tells Diamond that she needs to find a support group in her area that, um, you know, speaks and helps and deals with people who are in, who have had traumatic experiences, people who have lost loved ones, and um, encourages her to, like, you know, find one of those to, to help you so you can have somewhere to speak and people who understand somewhat what you're going to. She also told her that she needs to make sure that she keeps a lot of positive people around her, um, people that will constantly speak about positive energy. And she was telling her, like, you need to leave all that in negative energy. You have to get rid of it. You have to, like push to put get the negative energy out you know I'm all about that negative energy removal so I was here for that whole conversation uh she also said God picked Sabrina and Diamond for a purpose now Sabrina's telling her I really don't know why God picked you but he did pick you for a purpose to to do something now Diamond Sabrina was saying that what she does is she speaks to a lot of the other families about these situations because, of course, we know that Trayvon Martin and that whole case was one of the first that was televised um, in such a way. Um, I I want to say, I think, since Rodney King, and we ain't even going to try, but... Uh, so she says she works with a lot of the people and, you know, she contacts a lot of the families, mostly a lot of the mothers, I would imagine, and tries to help them get to, um, you know, a place of healing. And she was encouraging Diamond that she, this may be your purpose because she said when I talk, Sabrina is saying, when I talk to, you know, these families, not only does it help them, but it helps me to move myself further in my own healing. And that's what's true for a lot of us. A lot of people, we, when we are telling our story to people, that's where we find our healing at because we are being able to get it out out of us and not like holding the pain we're allowed we're being able to release the pain and then when we see that that story our testimony helps other people it frees us from the bondage of the the things that come from us and so Sabrina was telling Diamond that you have a purpose you got to figure out what it is she said you also need to believe in God and um let her and she let her know that I'm here for you. I won't be able to physically be for, here for you, but I am here for you. One of the things that was so touching about that was 
Diamond was very, very um, receptive to what was going on. This whole process for Diamond. Now, you know, we didn't heard and seen some people not be here for the process. But Diamond was definitely here for it. She definitely did not want to hold anger and hate in her heart and fear in her heart. She wants to get to a place where she was before this traumatic thing is. Now, you can't get back to where you were, but you can find a higher ground higher than uh, where, where we live when we continually roll back the traumatic experiences in our lives. And I was very, very happy that she did that. What blessed my heart was after Sabrina spoke to Diamond, they embraced one another. And Diamond, even in this situation, let Miss Sabrina know that she was sorry for her loss. Because her heart is good. And she wants that goodness to be able to shine. And, I've, and I'm here for that. After this... Uh, Ayanna meets with an, a retired officer. His It was Corey Pugues, I believe, from New York. And um, he's an officer who was on the force for 21 years. And so they start to have a conversation about, you know, why the police, you know, behaving in such a way and what are the things that can be done. And... Uh, they were saying like the police people don't trust police because they keep being told that what they are seeing is not what they're seeing. And so what she was meaning by that was like, we see these videos on TV and we see what's happening with these officers interactions with um, people because that's what they are. And why though after we watch what's happening in many many cases we're then told by lots of police chiefs well it was justified and there were so many other circumstances that we didn't see and oh yes you saw them choke the guy out but he was illegally selling cigarettes or yeah he yeah he shot the boy in the back but he stole from a store and so we're we're being continually told that we're not seeing nonsense going on in front of our faces on camera and that's why people don't trust the police i say a people you know for anybody out there who you know whatever let's move on uh and the officer was very he he had a great conversation so what he was saying was that the police chiefs and the commanders or whoever's in control i don't know they need to do better vetting of the people that they allow onto their force he brought up the fact that tamir rice when that case where the police officer had just been fired from a police uh, force not but one town over gets hired in another town and then not less than a month later he out jumping out of cars taking on dukes of hazard uh roles like he was trying to try out for a throwback tv show and murdered that poor child out there at the park um let me move on uh, because so Ayala says, where is the humanity in these officers? Where, where is it? And then uh, Officer Corey says that people don't like it. But the truth is, is that you have to comply and complain. 
Well, child, let me tell you, that set Ayanla off. My auntie was like, uh-uh, we ain't about to do this. She she said, oh, okay, Pi complaining. She put her hands up in the air. She said, where? What? Why is this not complying? complying. She said, I am an educated woman. I have many degrees, master's degrees. I have law degrees. And I am afraid that if I put my hands down, I'm not going to make it home. She said, that don't make no sense. She also said something that hit she said, how am I supposed to teach my 12-year-old grandson that he is a descendant of African kings and that he should hold his head high and always be proud? But then as soon as the police officer come, he should bow down and submit just because he could get shot. That don't make no sense. And that is the truth. Now, many of us, I don't know if you people listening are having the talk. If you haven't, then you should. Because a lot of us who have these boys, these black males, have to have serious talks about the make it home safe. And uh, even just talking about it now still makes me feel Sad because I have two boys. Again, I know I just said that, but let me say it again. Um, and I had to have that talk with them to let them know. Like, it, it, and it sounds so crazy to have to say to your kids, like, I know you got a hoodie, but don't put it on. And don't, you know, you can't walk this way. And keep your hands up. And make sure that if they say something to you, like, it's, it's crazy the things we have to prep. Uh, especially our black males for to just be outside. They, it's just to be outside. There ain't nothing even else about it. You got to prep them so that they can be outside. Now, my sons, I don't know if I said this before, but because I have um, boys and girls, I've been trying to teach my, teach my boys to be gentlemen and my my girls you know work and there were time there was a time when they were catching the bus and um you know to and from work and my boys were taught that they needed to go wait at the bus stop for their sisters if it's raining you take them an umbrella I'm trying to teach these people to be gentlemen because they kings up in my house okay and they um they're princesses and queens up in my house as well so I was trying to teach them all to behave as such then all of this shooting started to happen and I was afraid now before I was afraid to send my daughters outside alone for fear of what could happen to young girls not just even black girls just young girls out in the street they ain't even young we ain't you know we ain't all safe out here to be the truth but then I I was more fear, fearful for the boys waiting for the girls to try to escort their sisters home now that's crazy okay they came and bring their sisters home out here in these streets so this officer said that um the civilians, people need to stop giving excuses to cops, to the police. He was saying what he meant by that is that when these incidents happen, civilians start going, there need to be more training. We need to train the police. And he said, no, nah, 
It's good training. They just ain't implementing the training that they already have. We need to start making them tell us, well, why Why can't they, why aren't these people up being able to implement the training that you've already given them? Why do you need more training? And why are we still acting like it's the 1940s and the training ain't there? If your excuse is that the train, they haven't been trained to understand how to interact with black people, why? It's 2018. It don't make no sense no more. We need to get this going. So, um, he also said that, well, Ayana said, well, if you put guns in the hands of fear, that is why we keep getting this, is that the truth is, is that these officers are afraid to be out here. And instead of saying they're afraid to be out here, they go on out there in uh fearful before they even get to places and i just had a conversation with one of my best friends and he was telling me about how you know if you're a police officer you go into a lot of these scenes you have to be on high alert i get that but you're not supposed to be afraid so if you're afraid, you this ain't the job for you. If you're afraid for your life and before you even get there, this is not the job for you. Go do something else. Stay hiring in lots of places, okay? Um, also, Officer Corey said, every police officer is not meant to be a police officer, which is what I just said. If you don't, this ain't, this ain't the job for you, you might got to go. You don't even might. I'm telling you now, shoo it on away. Bah, find another job because you're afraid of black people. Why would you be working where you have to deal with black people all the time? So that means that every morning you wake up prepared to murder somebody. Now, come on now. You want to talk about how black people behave, but you're out there suiting up to go head, head on out there and kill people. So after they had the conversation... She, Ayonla asked Officer Corey if he would be willing to let Diamond come and like sit in his presence and and try to have some words that would help her because you know it, after you have an officer murder somebody you love or even just anybody like you don't even got to know them if if they're murdering somebody in your presence you're going to feel a way about the police and it ain't gonna be positive trust me so officer Corey says yes and so diamond comes into the room and she sits down and officer Corey um lets her speak uh well he speaks to her and he says he knows that he he tells her that you know one of the things that can help her with her feelings about the police is that she should be able to go and speak to the police. He said that in New York, people who become victims of the police are allowed to go and speak to police and let them know how it made me feel, try to bring a human aspect to the victims of crimes committed by the police. And, um, he said, you should be able to speak to the people in your town. He said, I'm pretty sure that if you try to speak to the police officers, the off the force in your town, that they would let you come. Now, he was saying that 
they would let you come because they're not going to want the backlash of you being able to go on to CNN or any other news outlet saying, I tried to reach out to the police force and they were not receptive to me. And Diamond said, ain't nobody tried to reach out to me <laughs> since this happened. And he was like stunned. Like, are you serious? You're telling me nobody reached out to you. And Ayana says, well, they reached out to the mother of Philando, but they never reached out to Diamond. And Ayana was saying, mostly, I believe it's because they don't want to be financially responsible to her. And he was like, I'm not even talking about finances. I'm talking about a human. She's a person. She was in that car. Something happened. They should be speaking to her. And Diamond said, ain't nobody said nothing to me. Um, and so it just doesn't make any sense. Ayana says we ended up with too many black boys, um, dead because the cops keep coming into the communities looking for bees instead of looking for butterflies. Basically, meaning that when the when the police officers come into the communities they are not coming into these communities believing that they are there to protect good people they are coming into the communities believing that they are there to capture bad people and if you're coming in with that objective you're not going to come in um with a kind heart and a soft eye and yes again you have to be on alert when you're a police officer but every situation is not as such danger that you need to be on high alert. Uh, Diamond, I believe, was able to handle uh, handle the conversation and let it be a healthy conversation. But one of the things that, I, that didn't sit well with me about it was that the officer, Corey, was in um, regular suit. He wasn't suited up like a police officer. Now, I don't know if that was to give her an easy transition into having a conversation with a police officer, but I don't know if it um, helped her to be like it was a re real uh, a real representation of a police officer because he didn't look like what you typically, you know, see um, a police officer look like. After the police officer um, conversation, Ayanna brought in this woman. Uh, her first name was Lindsay. Her last name started with a K. I did not catch it. Um, but she is an energy person. And um, she does this thing, this tapping technique, which... If you saw it, I know that you may have been like me going like, this looks really, really weird, but I tried it, This the tapping that um, she had to do. And what it is, is that you, it, it, you're tapping out the negative energy. It, it helps you to speak about the negative energy, about the negative situations that are, that are um, holding your life in a, in, in one place. And, um, so Diamond was there to, she was there to help Diamond tap away the trauma of the experience of the death. Now, Diamond was skeptical in the beginning because when they were saying you're going to tap away, you know, your feelings for Philando, she, she thought that they meant we're going to tap away all thought of him. And when Miss Lindsay and my auntie Ayanla told her, we don't want to 
help you to erase memory of him, but we do want to help you to move over and through and past the traumatic experience so that when you think about him, you do not go straight to what um, what happened in that car, but you can go further back and be able to remember the good memories about him. And then you won't have to, you know, do all the crying when you think about him. So she, they told her everything is everything. And I mean, everything is energy and that, you know, you can tap out the negative and pull up the po more positive energy in you, in a room, in people. And um, it was definitely helping her speak through the, the, the pain. Now, one of the things that Ayala was telling, so Miss Lindsay was having a conversation with her first and they were tapping and doing all the tapping in different places, you know, above your um, eyebrows and then over to your temples. And then she was doing right above her, right at her chest. And then they were doing um, on the sides and then they were tapping uh, the hands. I don't know if there was any other tapping, but that's what I caught. That was the order. To, oh, and then there was the tapping under the nose and um, right at the under your bottom lip um, that you do together under the nose and at your bottom lip. So it was um, over your forehead. You tap, 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 tap. And then you move over to your temples and then under your nose and over your um, uh, uh, right at your chin and then onto your sides and then uh, right at your wrist um, was the tapping. And then they were speaking out things and speaking things into her, speaking out the negative energy and speaking positive um, energy into her life. And um, Ayanla then took over the conversation with while they were still tapping and she was giving her all these things to say, repeat after me. You know, she likes to do a repeat. Usually it's repeat and complete, but this one was just a repeat. And, um, I didn't catch all of what she was saying because I was busy trying to tap child. I was trying to get my negative energy gone as well because um, even just watching and hearing this story was giving me my own need to release some of the negative energy from what I was feeling because, you know, I, I we ain't going to go back, but I was feeling the kind of way about this whole situation all over again because I saw it when the story first came out, but it, it stirred up some feelings in me again. So I was like, you know, I'm trying to tap it out because I got to get that energy. We, you know, we got to be on a positive energy lane. So one of the things she did say is that I get to choose how to love and I get to choose how to live. And that's dope because we if you got a mirror, make sure you need to start saying that to yourself. I get to choose how to live. And um, so it it helped Diamond, it helped me too. It helped me in the moment. And um, so the tapping, although it was not it, it was un not uncomfortable. It was it was foreign to me. Um, it, it helped her and diamond. Because when she first started, and if you've seen any other interviews with her, she talks with this raspy voice, but her voice started to clear up when the negative energy was leaving her and um, she started to have a more... Uh, a, a clearer voice, a stronger voice. And so you could tell that it was working. Now, of course, you have to do this more than once. and But it was um, helping her. She says the diamond, um, Ayana told her that 
Um, she can live outside the memories of the traumatic experience that she went through. Um, and Diamond was very, very open to be able to do that. She tells, tells Diamond that you get to choose to speak to that chapter in your life and what you want that chapter to look like. You want that chapter to um, hold you back and be the end of your book, then um, you know, you can do that, but that, but what will that do and help you with your daughter and how, how you decide to end this chapter, um, of, of your life is what you will show and teach your daughter about how she should do things in her life. And so, you know, that was helping Diamond. She was very, very receptive guys of this whole situation. And, um, I think it was powerful for her to be able to meet Trayvon Martin's mom and to be able to connect with somebody who um, understood her pain and to be able to see that there is a place that you can get to um, even after such a traumatic experience. Now, you know, of course, they go into the recaps about uh, or, or the updates after the recording has um, has ended. And so what one of the things that happened was that by the time they filmed and, you know, edited and got it all out there, um, the city had contacted Diamond and gave her a payoff of $800,000, but they still had not um, reached out to her. The police department had not reached out to her to have any kind of conversations with her. And of course, you know, they don't want to talk about it. I believe the officer in this, um, particular situation was fired from the police force. He wasn't prosecuted, but we all know what that's about. But I think he was fired from the, uh, what is it called, people? I think he was fired from the police force. But, you know, he out there doing work somewhere else, probably doing security in places where he shouldn't be. I hope he ain't at no schools trying to secure some kids because, like, child, well, again, let me, I'm just saying. Um, so... Whoo, let's breathe. Let's tap it. Let me let me tap out because I got the I got to tap it tap this negative energy out of me. Let's just get some of this going because it's a lot. And I, you know, I need to just go head on and get some of this negative energy and shake it on off. Like you you guys should shake it off too. Um well there we are, people. We've made it to the mid-season finale. And Ayana will not be back on until August. However, I will still be here talking to you about many things. So don't get discouraged. You still get to hear my beautiful voice every week to give you something to think about. I'm still out here in these internet streets. If you guys want to follow me, don't forget. I definitely put that in the description box. Um, all of the places you can find me. I'm on that Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter talking about all kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to find me out there, go ahead on. You can also send me um, emails. If there's a topic that you'd like to hear about, you want me to discuss, let me know. Uh, maybe we can even link up and and, um, talk together. It's possible. There's all things that there's so many things that we can do here. Um, 
So look forward to all of that. I look forward to to seeing you guys. I look forward to hearing you. Don't forget, find me with the hashtag. I'm just saying all one word and uh, just like the name, the title of the podcast. And we will be back soon. And do not forget, guys, you don't have to take anything I say as fact. After all, I'm just saying. <laughs>